Blog Talk Radio.
Brother Red Pill. You know what I'm saying? I'm waiting on him to call in right now. Um, explosive episode that we have lined up for the family tonight. Uh, we're going to get to the bottom of a, a, a very, very, very important topic in the community, and that is whether or not brothers and sisters should be allowing themselves to get vaccinated and tested for HIV or, um, you know, AIDS. You feel me? So, with no further ado, let me open the line for my co-host, Brother Red Pill. Peace. Peace, family. What's going on? Everything is good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me preference the song that we opened up with. We opened up with uh, Jay Electronica featuring Diddy. That is the ghost of Christopher Wallace. Yes, sir. And I mean, yeah. so that's a um, that that's that's an interesting song, and uh, you know, we chose that because we actually gonna want to build on that. You know what I mean? Simply because uh, did you you played the whole song through when he was talking and everything? Um, not the entire song, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, play, play, you know. Yeah, the lyrics and everything. Yeah. No yeah, doubt. yeah, we got the song through. When you got Puff yeah. talking about, <laughs> you know, this is the new, this is the new black and this is the new age of consciousness and, you know, in so many words. And then also acting like he's not guilty. Like, you know, I'm tired of, you know, you dudes putting out the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's, 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 you know, real funny. He definitely attempted to absolve himself of, you know, all responsibility for having a hand like, in turning like hip-hop into hip-hop. So, yeah, like a true scorpion. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my joint right there, though. I'm feeling it. You know, I, I rise for Jay Electronica. You know what I mean? Yes, indeed. Sir, tonight's show is interesting. Say it again. No, somebody in the chat, I mentioned that we are, you know, tonight's show is about vaccines as well as taking the test, HIV test. It's not about the AIDS vaccination test. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're saying vaccine, needles, period. Let's talk about Mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? Should anybody... You know what I mean? Indigenous should be getting that needle at this particular time, whether it's a vaccine, whether it's a test, whether it's a TB test, whatever. You feel me? Should you be lining yourself up to get pricked by a medical establishment at this particular time? You know, what are yeah. the benefits and, and what are the cons that are that come along with that particular practice? You feel me? We need to talk about that because a lot of okay. people are walking around you know what I mean, with these particular vaccines in them. Yes, they are. You know what I mean? And this this brother, Brother Curtis Cause, I'm going to drop the link in the chat room to his website. You know, he has written a book on it that is one of the foremost um, pieces of literature dealing with this particular topic, and it's called Vaccines Are Dangerous, A Warning to the Global Community. You know what I mean? That book is, is kind of... Famous up here in Harlem, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. brother, 
is 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 on one two fifth up and down one two fifth, putting his work in. You know what I mean? Getting that book out. Shout out to Dr. Feldman, what have you? Yes, sir. Um, for the family that's across the world that are listening, if you are into the business of book selling, or if you have any relations to anybody that's in the business of book selling and vending, I highly suggest that you get in touch with this brother when he comes on the show. Um, his website is vaccinesaredangerous.com. And um, yeah. I highly, highly, right next to a Dutch novel, right next to, you know, My Bitch is a Hooker, all of the subway train novels should be vaccines are dangerous. Nah, this is real talk. Right next to 48 Laws of Power, the 50th Law of Power, should be that book. We, we, you know, our people should be reading that on the train, as you know, along with the, the soap opera books that they that they so that they so love, and um, because the information inside of that book is life saving, it will uh, it will it will help you think. It will help build a defense for you when you go into the doctor offices when they attempt to put these vaccinations in the children. And also when you go into the uh, the hospitals and they attempt to put the vaccinations into you because most often we don't have a proper defense when facing, you know, these, uh, these, these, these doctors. And I can attest to that because whenever I take my son to get checked up, they always, without failing, attempt to vaccinate them. Every single time, they always try to pull one, and I automatically shut them down. You know what I'm saying? And um, and I I just use simple logic. The uh, the, the the pediatrician is located in the village downtown in Manhattan, and first thing I say to him was, "Well, I I've done my research, and 80 percent of the population in this area have not vaccinated their children. You know what I'm saying? And it has not seemed to be a problem with, you know, the establishment because, you know, as a result of that. So why are you trying to vaccinate my child? Like there's something special about some kind of disease that he's going to be susceptible to it. And when I hit him with that, they just say, well, you know, you could just think about it and come back. And I say, I thought about it, and there's no vaccination, you know what I mean? He, he received, when he received breast milk, he was already uh, immunized. That, that prepared him, you know what I mean? And his diet and what he consumes is, is all he needs to get by in life. So, you know, these are some important things, especially to the parents who have children that are yeah. suffering from autism. Right. You know, and you know, just in general, you know, to arm the mothers, unfortunately, um, you know, a, a great amount of the mothers are actually, you know, doing this on their own in terms of raising these seeds, and they they don't have the necessary information to ward off these quote unquote doctors. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Exchanging this information is very necessary for them to actually be up in them forums fighting them all. These doctors off, explaining them what needs to be explained because I noticed that, you know, due to indoctrination based on the fact that 
you know, that particular doctor with that white robe on is the same one that has helped them through their prenatal situation and is present during the delivery, they almost mm-hmm. kind of attribute the process of giving life as some sort of miracle that could only be performed Done. Mm-hmm. at the hands of a doctor. So they give them this whole mythical position, and they listen to everything they they say, and they kind of shook at them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When they see them white coats, they get kind of shook, sisters in particular. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's very important, especially if the brothers can't be there physically, that they yeah. at least, you know, that, that, that these two brothers make it a point to bring our brother on, you know what I'm saying, to arm the sisters with the necessary information so they can ward off these doctors and they can ward off these schools that are saying that, you know, it's mandatory that your child get this particular shot. Now, I'm not exactly sure how the health care reform actually, uh, you know, I don't I don't know if the health care reform changed that entire position in terms of sisters being able to hit them with some papers. I know Valentine, Dr. Valentine had the particular uh, forms that they could hit the school with, you know what I mean, to get them off their backs. And I don't know whether that changed uh with with the uh with the health care. Now yeah. I wanna be very clear because Time is of the essence, and people are playing a game that they can't win at this particular time with this citizenship, okay, in these, quote, unquote, United States, this corporate entity known as the United States. And a lot of people are telling me, you know, are y'all going to speak on the immigration reform? You know, this thing popping off in Arizona is kind of, it's buck wild and it's spiraling out of control. But what you are seeing at this particular time is, you know, Coincidentally enough, with health care, with the census, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, with these vaccines and everything, they are taking account of their property, you know what I mean, where they've actually passed the law. You have some people that have come into this landmass that are not indigenous to this landmass, and because they got you playing the crayon game, thinking that you black, white, Spanish, Latino, Hispanic, dealing with all of these misdemeanors and all these colorful terms that mm-hmm. give you no cover under natural law and give you no ties to the land. They're telling the people that are, are indigenous to this land, the land. they can't be here, okay? And they're running up on on these particular, um, you know, indigenous ancestors to this land and checking them like this shit South Africa. You yep. feel me? How do you distinguish someone from a Mexican or a Mexico? Okay? There is no particular phenotype that distinguishes what you think is a quote unquote Mexican. Because as I dropped on my on my Facebook page today, you know what I mean, the brother Ronaldo Rashiki showed that Mexico is full of melanated people. Yep. Okay? It's full of melanated people. And we know that the indigenous ancestry of Mexico comes by way of the Olmec. You know what I'm saying? Who is your people? So there's no way to say, all right, this don't involve us. This is only dealing with the quote-unquote Latino. You know what I'm saying? It's no such thing. That's a misnomer. These people don't exist. You know what I mean? You know what I've noticed? So if they can get away with it, 
Mm-hmm. If they could get away with it in AZ, you know what I'm saying? What 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 what's stopping people from thinking that something similar is not going to take place? They're going to be carding people anyway based on the health care situation, based on this national ID card that's going to come with the health care bill. So you're going to be carded irregardless. They're just getting you used to it by showing it to you in Arizona, which always seems to be that linchpin state for which they, um, you know, roll out these particular tests and these uh, to see what people's apathy level is. Remember, that was a te- that was the state that they had to run up on, and um, you know, when it came uh the King situation, you know what I mean? Holiday. So it's yeah, it's 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 the same it's the same situation where they got them cowboys out there. They're saying, okay, you know, we'll put it in. You know, we'll be the sacrificial lambs or what have you. So you know, real talk. This is all dealing with status. You know what I mean? Yep. This is all dealing with status. This still comes back to what has been spoken about previous times on this show, dealing with your Moorish nationality and status, okay? If you don't want to align yourself with anything Moorish, then find something else that cloaks you and protects you for what's coming because they're going in right now. Yep. And you ain't you ain't going to hide. You ain't going to hide. You know what I mean? There's no hiding. Somebody, somebody, yeah, somebody dropped in in the chat. They, they was they was uh, checking Mexicans' IDs today in Penn Station. Penn Station ain't in Arizona. Now either she talking about Penn Station in in in, in Newark, or she talking about Penn Station in Philly, or she talking about Penn Station in in New York. You know what I'm saying? But either which way, this on is the a situation side. that is going to be mimicked exactly on the other side and abroad, and before long, it's going to include, uh, you know, a whole nother program. And you know how. A whole nother program where carding people is just going to become normal, all right? Mm -hmm. They already showed you in the Village Voice article uh, when they dropped the situation on the police in Bed-Stuy, okay? An officer went into the precinct. This is for the family that don't know what I'm talking about. An officer went, went goes into the precinct, and he had a, a tape recorder on him. He was recording the police for like two years. Roll all right? call. And the, uh, yeah, roll call and all that. So the captains was clearly laying out the fact that, look, these people got quotas to follow. It's all about racial profiling. You know what I'm saying? The shit is mandated from upstairs by their superintendents. It's a number game. You know what I'm saying? Everyone is being corralled into these these situations where they're like, look, just line them up. Everybody got a warrant. This is best style. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is how they're looking at the people. You feel me? And this they, is the, the action that you're having with a person that is not indigenous to this particular landmass at all. They're the immigrant. They're the alien. And they got the nerve to be telling you and your ancestors and your relatives that you have no particular right to this particular landmass. If your ass was from Africa, okay, when you come home from jail, that's where they would deport you to if the whole game was about getting people that are not indigenous up out of here. They send yep. them to Mexico. They send them to Haiti. They send them to Puerto Rico. They send them to Jamaica. Why they ain't sending your ass back to Africa if that's where you're from? You need to do some research. 
Yeah, get your get your mind right, man. I'm need to get it, your mind right the, for real. Yeah, it's reached the, it's reached the point where I, you know, those who know, those who study are going to be benefited in the future. Those who truly study will benefit from the future. We are going to do an upcoming show where we're going to lay it down. It's not going to be any conversation. It's going to be a straight lesson, and we're going to lay it down. We're going to put the information out there, that. and I. I, 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 I beg and plead, I beg and plead for the people to pay attention to this and take this information and apply it and study more, you know, study on top of the information and stop getting bamboozled and hoodwinked by all of these other um, ideologies and these fringe myths that keep popping up, these myths and everything. And getting sucked into the fact that nationality, status, and birthright does not mean anything because you comedic or because, you know, you, 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 you're in love with a country in Africa, you know what I'm saying, or because you're in the cultist or uh, these other things that, you know, you're, you're into metaphysics and you feel like you're about to beam up out of here, you know what I mean? Don't bypass the obvious. And what the obvious is showing you is people people are revolting everywhere around America as we speak. Everybody is in revolt. The Caucasians are in revolt with the Tea Party and all of these other groups that are popping up, the militias and whatnot. The Mexicans decided, you know what, forget about it. It's time to revolt. They're in revolt. Guess who's not in revolt? Guess who's not doing anything but just bumping their gums every time you turn around? A lot of hot air is coming out of the mouths of our people, and we're not doing anything. We're not demonstrating. We damn sure are not revolting. You might be revolting in your living room, you know what I'm saying? Or you might be revolting on your weekly class behind doors. But people ain't, we're we not putting in no damn work. We're not putting in nothing. We're not doing anything that's worth even talking about at this point. And I thought yeah, 2012 somebody. was around the corner. What the hell are we... What, what are the people even waiting for? I mean, this shit is it's disheartening when you think about it. All of these years and years and years and all of these scholars and all of these books that have been written and all of these lectures that have been done and all of this, all of this stuff, all of this research been putting into work, but it just seems that nobody has mustered up, you know, the balls or the heart or the courage to get up and do anything. Like, yeah, like stop falling for the okie doke. Because the okie doke is in full effect, but the shit is so old school. It's so tiring. It look like them textbooks they used to show us in school, like it's played out. All of this new information is coming out. You know what I'm saying? Just go to my Facebook page alone. New information. You feel me? That is deceiving all of the lies and the fiction. I ain't write these stories. You feel me? I just found them and I posted them, and it just shows a classical tale of lies being exposed. You know what I'm saying? The European is jumping out the window, and they're saying, okay, all non-Africans on this planet are descendants from Neanderthal. They're like, all right, we the cavemen. You feel me? We the cavemen. We came out the cave. We Neanderthals. You feel me? So who the hell? And they like, they trying to say uh, Neanderthals had bigger skulls than quote-unquote Africans, you know, so they built the pyramids. 
And I'm like, come on, just cut it out. I went to see Tut last yeah, weekend. talk about it. Talk okay, about I went to the Tut exhibit. If you Negroes don't cut the BS and get back into what's yours, you feel me? These Europeans was in there deep, beyond skin deep. deep. Yeah, skin deep. You know what I'm saying? With like intricate, with an intricate understanding of our history, an intricate understanding from the babies on up. Now, these are Europeans from Wisconsin, Idaho. You feel me? These are your Neanderthals for real. But they knew them some comedic information, some comedic science. You know what I'm saying? The Negroes is and Negroes running like, around. We wasn't there. And, and those yeah. of us that was there, they was all, uh, um, you know, like nimble. And you could tell that they got beaten over the head by the church for so long that they didn't even know that they was looking at their ancestors. You feel me? And anybody that goes to that exhibit will know and understand that what them people was dealing with 3,000 years ago is so far advanced, so far advanced from where the Negro is at today. And just where the the species is at, period. You know what I mean? It's just breathtaking. It's dumbfounding. The intricacies and the level of detail that we were able to put forth. You know what I'm saying? And they're trying to whitewash that entire situation, but it's whack and it's weak. Every attempt that they make to try to place themselves in history is, is just it's just whack. It's just it's held together by the thinnest of illusions, and it could be blown away like dandelions, you know what I'm saying, with a little bit of research, just a little bit, asking the right questions. You feel me? See Pyramid Code and go to the see, go see Tut. Like, you got to preference yourself with some sort of foundational information, you know what I mean? Go, go and check out that Pyramid Codes or what have you. Email us if you don't have access to it. We'll make sure that we send you it. Give up on um, your Facebook um, page, too, because everybody doesn't know where to find you on Facebook. Yes, um, Facebook page is, you know, facebook.com backslash Paul Moreland, uh, Paul.Moreland, that's P-A-U-L dot M-O-R-E-L-A-N-D. You know what I mean? Shoot me a request. I'll accept your friendship request or what have you. And you can just go in on my page, and it's just mounds and mounds and mounds of information, you know what I'm saying, debunking and demystifying these lies, you know what I mean? And yep. it's, it's just a lot of information that's just, that's, just, that's just available at this particular time where you can wedge yourself out of this particular box in this corner that they put you in not knowing yourself. I mean, this shit is sickening at this particular point, man. For real. It's like a dream deferred. You know what I mean? Word. What we could have been. Word. What we could have been in life if That's we only, only knew who the hell we were. And we wasn't scared to challenge. I'm talking about challenging everybody. From these black, so-called black scholars that done wrote all of these damn books, all the way down to your Caucasian teachers that, that, that indoctrinated you from day one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And not only breaking the curse, I'm talking about breaking the curse and then bringing it to their face like your curse is broken. You got to bring it to those who put you under the spell. And I'm not saying in a violent way. I'm saying scholarly. 
what 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 happened to what happened to us um debating in Oxford like Malcolm did. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Whatever happened to us debating in Harvard? Whatever happened to us bringing it to the to the establishments and destroying these spells on live TV in front of thousands and even millions? What happened to that? We've been reduced to debating in Negro forums with a whole bunch of um um savage intellects debating each other. It don't even make sense. People sitting in living rooms calling that debates. Come on, man. How how far are we going to fall? Yeah. And then dudes running around, fake-ass chips on their shoulders, and, and, and the people in the community acting like, you know, we, we, we at this age of enlightenment. Like, we at this point where this shit could be even bragged about. Oh, you know. We're, we're we're ahead of everybody and we're so conscious. That's a bunch of bullshit. In my eyes. Y'all better y'all better do the research. All of these newcomers that just became conscious and got into this. Y'all better do your research about what this thing was about five years ago or ten years ago, the level at which it was, the heights at which it was, so you could realize that you inside of some shit that's fallen and broken. Huh? You understand? It's on bended knee. It's on bended I mean, knee right we, now. Stupid. This community is supposed to be producing products that could be sent out to all of these different universities to debunk these particular myths that are being put forth right now, because you know there there are widespread attempts being made to whitewash everything. You know what I mean? While they're going in in, in the background. You know what I mean? And I want to extend a, 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 a moment of silence to the beautiful sister, Lena Horn, that has made transition. Wow. Um, legend don't even fit. You know what I'm saying? The word legend doesn't even fit the contributions that she's made, you know what I mean, in terms of being fearless and stepping forth and breaking down barriers and, and making a way, you know, whether people agree with that particular way or not, who cares? She did something, do something. You know what I'm saying? So we want to honor that sister as well. Um, I want to. I want to also extend a moment of uh, a silence to the motherfucking Gulf region. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it's uncomprehendable what's going on. It's uncomprehensible. Like I, I can't even fathom the amount of death and disaster that that region is going to face due to that oil spill for the next 30, 40, 50 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. However the mind can, can, can fathom, because how do you even recover from that? You know what I'm saying? I like telling you, out. I told you we were talking yesterday and I said I was not aware that the initial explosion in, in the first day of the oil disaster was on April 20th. I was under the impression yeah. that it happened a little while later than that. And for the family who's not familiar with the significance of a date such as April 20th, can you share that with them? Well, 
April 20th is Hitler's birthday. Um, you know, April 20th is a day in infamy that uh, a lot of people are, um, are born that are, quote-unquote, infamous. So it's just another notch on the infamy belt, this particular yeah. sacrifice and ritual that took forth. Uh, it's also recognized as National Weed Day. So while Negroes was getting stoned, you know, they was destroying the entire ecosystem of the Gulf region. You know what I mean? This is way worse than Katrina. I'm sorry. This is way worse than Katrina. And that buck dancing nigga sitting up there and not doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? He's in the White House not doing anything to that particular region saying, okay, oh, BP is going to have to pay for this. You feel me? Yeah. He's the same buck dancing nigga that's sitting up there and is not talking about what's going on in Arizona to the extent where he's interceding. All right? So you're dealing with the autonomous uh, powers of the state. They're showing you, okay, we're establishing ourselves, we're using our autonomy as a state to enforce this particular federal law that the feds have neglected to do. So we're going to put our best foot forward and, and just take this snub and this shot at this president. He's going to duck his head and bow like a coward. Hmm. You know what I mean? When his next agenda well, after health care was immigration reform, right? So if this is the particular agenda, then who's making Arizona, who's putting the battery in their back? Shit is a false, man. Yep. You know what I mean? It's 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 just it's 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 crazy, man. Like, you know, let alone, you know, the weather conditions off the meters. Yo. You know what I mean? Not what no. area <laughs> the Tennessee was hit so bad. Until I saw this on YouTube showing the the stadium underwater. Crazy. Tennessee got smashed. Oklahoma got smashed. You know what I'm saying? The site of, like, please, people, get your maps out, all right? Let's get your maps out. You feel me? If you got those little globes and everything you used to have in school, right, to get your indigenous maps out. Look at all of the spots that have been hit, you know what I mean, and actually do the research on these particular spots. They got Wikipedia for that. Just Wikipedia them spots to see, yo, what is the history of this particular landmass? What happened? Every place the guy hit is indicative to a, a wrong that was done to your ancestors on that particular landmass. Mississippi, Choctaw, Mississippi, Yazoo, Mississippi, Tennessee, okay, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. where Black Wall Street took place, Mm -hmm. all right? And I ain't ranting and raving and shit, trying to call out the spirits of nature to do what it is they doing. I'm just taking notice to the signs. I got my eyes wide, and I'm like, yo, all of these places that are very strong with indigenous roots where you'll find mound civilizations, okay, all of these places are places where nature is whooping their ass. 
you know what I'm saying, it's whooping their ass and it's shaking people up on that particular landmass. So I'm just taking note to that, and I'm like, wow. You know what I mean? It's extremely violent weather, too. You know what I mean? I got clips of a lot of it. Um, I got a clip on my page where the, uh, the tornadoes was jumping off, you know what I mean? And it's like five or six of them merging together simultaneously. The vortex is what they call them. Yep. You know what I mean? And this is in, in Wichita, in Wichita, right? Wichita, Oklahoma. Just peep the names, man. That's all we ask you to do. Could have been anywhere. Just peep the name. And and if the names don't make no sense to you, consult somebody with some sort of understanding of all things Moorish, all things indigenous to this particular landmass, and they'll walk you through it. All things real. Yeah, all things real. You know, not that BS, not that... Everything else is the matrix. Everything else is the matrix. You have to identify with the land masses before they were renamed, before they were revived, and before they were reconstructed. You have to tap into that information. The stuff that they reconstructed is the information that will get you out of the box that you were in. Bottom line, you can't find it anywhere else. Right. I want to um, I want to salute brother in the chat room who you know made note that the planet is going from electron, proton, electron, proton field to electron, proton, electron field. Pretty much coincided with what Dr. Blair said when he was on the show, and this change coincides with DNA changes in our body, which is why this program is so important tonight because as our body goes through those DNA changes, the vaccine is a direct threat to those particular changes and those vaccines are being tailored to attack and to suppress those particular changes. Exactly. Genetically. Right. So you are looking at uh, uh, ecological warfare. You're looking at biogenetical warfare. You're looking at a biospheric warfare. You feel me? It's being it's, it's, it's taking place on all spheres. The noon sphere is what encompasses all of these particular spheres. And I have to go back to the book written by the brother Jose Arguelles. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, of course, like I said, when I mention that book, I got a preference that um. You know, there's some things that he chose to omit, so we're not always bigging that book up like it's the preeminent book on um, all things dealing with the quote-unquote Mayan prophecies or, you know, the mythos of these particular landmass. But he did enough to explain that what with with, with the Mayan prophecy was about in 2012 was about, was about the technosphere, the matrix, this false reality has been created. You know what I mean? This enforced and kept in place by the clock and the calendar, all coinciding with the Catholic Church. The date of fate that it has is 2012. That shit has to come to an end for the species to move forward. You cannot go into what's coming dealing with false time and dealing with false realities. Okay? So it's dealing with nature versus the matrix. Okay, and the nature aspect of it is called a new sphere, 
of which the biosphere is 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 encompassing. You know what I mean? It encompasses the biosphere. The biosphere is what you're looking at, nature. You know what I mean? The the waters, the animal life, the insect life. You know what I mean? They're going in on that shit. And yep. nature's fighting back. So you're looking at a war taking place right in front of your eyes. People have no clue. You know what I'm saying? They got, you know, they, they they can't seem to do anything right in quote unquote space anymore. Everything is coming you know, down. They got everything's coming down, spiraling out of control. You know what I mean? Just take a moment and ask yourself, man. Like seriously, what's going on? going on. They're showing you massive, massive uh, sun eruptions. You know what I'm saying? Violent. Which is telling you it's going to be off the chain this summer. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be off the chain this summer. Yeah, it was 50 so degrees. It ain't, ain't nothing. It, what's, what's it? Middle of May? It was 50 degrees in New York. You know. It's going to be off. You know? The weather patterns are definitely going to be off at this particular time. Yeah, I mean, but... Like, um... You can see it. You can see it with the technology. You know what I'm saying? The technology is off. And that's, deal, that's dealing with that whole electromagnetic fields and what have you. And the fact that the sun is emitting... You know, a whole different you gonna, kind of energy. Um, yeah. When are you going to do the complete show where you break down this this uh, information that you're building on? The information dealing with the time and the technosphere? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're going to get that done next week. Absolutely. You, know, you and Brother I Will, know, I am. Be Tuesday. Brother Will, I am. Brother Ampu. I want to bring in the brother. Um, there's an expert on it, the brother out of uh, Atlanta. Oh yeah, yeah. If I don't have his his, his name on the tip yeah, of my tongue, telling me about the God. moment. Yeah, this this brother is bringing in Sophia Stewart, the mother of the Matrix, at the end of May. Um, he's the one that has taken the information from Jose Aguilas as a direct student of his, and he prefacing it where. He's bringing it home, dealing with that Olmec link, you know what I'm saying, showing who they're talking about. That's our calendar. That's our information. And he's showing people how to internalize and interpret this particular calendar. Well, you got to know what your totem is. You got to know how you fit into this particular picture. All of this information don't mean nothing if it's external to you. You have to internalize it. You got to be able to put yourself in the picture. Yep. Or it's just surface. Go with them with the story and the information. Yeah. What's up? What's what's the name of the lecture that Valentine did? They will prep and prepare uh, the family for that information, that Omic information. Which, you're asking me which one? 
Do you remember the title? Which you like one? Do? Nah. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head. You know, the brother got. Yeah, I'm gonna. Get, I got the title. I just gotta. I'm gonna dig it up and then preference it. But yeah, man. Yeah. If you know. do want to remind the family that this upcoming weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, Dr. Reverend Phil Valentine will be live in live. Detroit, Michigan. You know what I'm saying? He will be in the building in Detroit doing his one two thing. Yes, sir. In the D. And King you know County will be in the building. Yes. He would definitely be joining. Oh, the lads will be in the building. Dr. Valentine and coming to the Detroit area and bringing this, you know, this energy to the D where it's most needed and most necessary. Definitely. You know what I mean? On our economic sovereignty campaign, also bringing uh, information, vital information to the family about how they can uh, empower themselves. Economically. You know what I mean? Economically. Get it, get it really going. Region. Yes, sir. Yes. They need so it out there. We will be in the building on Friday and Saturday out there in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Every Everyone in the area, in the surrounding areas, in the nether areas, you know, please come out and show your support, show your love. Yeah, you know show the... Show the good rep some some real support. This is the first lecture that he's done this whole year. He's been into deep study. He's been writing books. He's been falling back, watching everything as it goes. So he's going to embark with this first lecture upon something historic. You know what I mean? I want to say that I've been overwhelmed and, you know, just blown away by the many downloads of the show that we just did by him already has gotten. Mm-hmm. Feel me? It's in the thousands. So, you know, mm. people are definitely, they they, they definitely uh, listening to what the doc got to say. And, you know, they're definitely basically about to get just, you know, blown away because he, he he's definitely about to bring it. You know what I'm saying? This is the moment that y'all all been waiting for. So be there. Right. Um, somebody in the chat room dropped, and they said that the uh, the, the Valentine lecture we're talking about is 2012 Omics Codex Part 1 and 2. There you go. I believe that's yep. right and exact. It is. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I also want to note that um, retrograde has officially ended. At six thirty, you know what I'm saying. So we we could uh, effectively put that excuse to bed. You know, all of my silver surfers out there, we know and we understand that uh, you know, retrograde. through the retrograde. That's like a wave. Ride through the retrograde. You gotta be above the wave and not under it. Silver surf it. How Max B used to say, wavy. So wavy. That's what the ATL thing was like. Let's retrograde. Nah, we gonna we gonna slide yeah, through that. Go up against the retrograde. Yeah, saying. and to the like family, white boys be running up in the tornado against the eye of the storm. That's yeah, what you gotta do a retrograde. Yep. 
we all been in a barber shop. You got to go against the grain to make waves. So there you go. Mm-hmm. But for all the family, we put out our video, um, the preview of the trip that we did in Atlanta. You could go to my page, Know the Ledge TV on YouTube. That's Filthmore 08, P-H-I-L-T-H-M-O-O-R-08. And we put up a few preview clips of the Fear of a Black Planet uh, lecture that we did out there in the ATL with Professor Griff. So there's a uh, there's a clip of Griff and a clip of me going in. But, um, yo, this is a classic right here. You know what I mean? So if anybody wants to get a copy of that, I, it's about three hours long. Me, the blue pill, Professor Griff, Brother Ampoo, we spazzing, we going in, we building on multiple levels. Everybody is bringing yeah. just multiple aspects and different sciences to just building. It's all visual. You can find that on notalegemedia.ning.com. You know what I mean? You can order it right off that page. So. In the meantime, in between time, while we wait for the brother to call in, uh, I want to open the line up. All right? Sir. Caller calling from the area code 404-587. Peace. Peace. Peace, dog. Peace, God. How y'all doing? Chilling, chilling. Who's Everything this, the Ark family? Yeah, man, that's the Ark Degree. KT calling from Atlanta. Atlanta. All right, my little brother. What's good? How y'all doing, man? Y'all doing a great job. I've been listening to, to, since it started, and y'all been going in. Oh, uh, main reason why I call, though, because uh, I had the title to that uh, to that tape, but y'all already spoke it. But the one I got um, said the astrosophic timetable of the Olmec Maya, and it's two discs. <clears throat> that sounds like the original title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the astrosophic yes, timetable yeah, yes, of remix. the Olmec Maya. That's you know the one we chose. Titles get remixed. Yeah, you know they flip the titles all the time. Um, this is the one where they actually show the Olmec with the uh, with the little microphone and the helmet on in, in, inside the spaceship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the clip he shows on there, but I remember that. Yeah, the brother, um, the brother uh, Ali Muhammad has some very, very pertinent information dealing with, you know, the indigenous Olmec and quote-unquote Mayan. You know, he has some wonderful images and some, some great information that he got out of a book. He showed it yesterday in his class. I'm going to see if I could get that DVD and make it available to the family because it's imperative and important. you got Europeans down there in Peru talking about they Mayans. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, you know they, they they don't miss that. They, they, oh, man. As we speak right now, um, our brother Yazoo down here, who was your navigator when you were down here, is yes. currently... Um, been going on a, a five-day run activating uh, the mounds up there uh, in Choctaw and uh, Cahokia, Chicago, coming all the way back down. Uh, he, he went to Monk Mound, which is the largest, the largest pyramid that we actually have in northwest of Mexico, or, or what we call the United States of America, and it, it, it lies on the, the 89th parallel. 
It's like 89 point something. So when you round it off, it's really 90. Now, if you ride down this particular parallel and you go down to Guatemala, you're going to find what they just discovered as being the largest pyramid on the planet, which is larger in volume than Tehutihuacan and the, the, the Giza pyramids. And this is, this is in uh, El Mirador. So if y'all able to Google El Mirador, y'all will find a lot uh, of information on YouTube on that, on National Geographic. They did a couple of specials. Um, El Mirador, how do you spell that? L, E, L, and Mirador, M, I, R, A, D, O, R. D, O, R? D, O, R. Yeah, they got that spot in Miami, the Mirador. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna find it. You're gonna find it repeating, and they're on the same exact parallel lined up. Uh, mm-hmm. The funny thing about Mirador is they have a relief, and for y'all who don't know what a relief is, a relief is pretty much when you look at those walls in Kemet or in Mexico or in South America, and you see the impressions or the protrusion engravings of of pictures of scenes um, up on a wall. And on this particular relief on the front of the temple, they have a flying omet, which is our ancestor actually flying. And he's flying in between two UFO structures. Now, this ain't a theory. Um, the recessives are even the ones that are claiming that, that these are actual uh, extraterrestrial objects. Um that the, the Omex are flying in between. Mm-hmm. Right. So y'all might want to check that out. And it's it's not even a, a, in a state of degradation where it's breaking down and you can't tell. This thing has been kept up like they just chiseled it out yesterday. It's amazing. And it's deep in the jungle. Right. Like you going through quicksand, you jumping over chasms, there ain't no dirt road leading you to it. So for it to be in, in top-notch right. condition, but being in all of that swamp, it lets you know. Yep. Is there any way that we could get the brother Yazoo on the line? So he could give uh, we, testimonial yeah, we, about we, his uh, expedition. Huh? I could I could cut out. I could call him and have him call in and call back. I think that's important at this particular time. You know, um, I take great interest with sharing this story with the with, with the people because. Like we said, the brother Yazoo is, you know, the brother that actually acted as our guide when we got to ATL dealing with the mounds. He's a gatekeeper. And, you know, yeah, he's a gatekeeper. And the day that we linked up with him is when the tornadoes hit in Yazoo, Mississippi, Yazoo. dealing yep. with the whole Yazoo land fraud deal, you know what I mean, to deal with the North Georgia mountains of which they disenfranchised the last remaining tribes uh, dealing with the you know the Choctaw, the, the Cree, the Cherokee, the Yamasee, the Seminole, you know what I mean? And not only was the brother there when we you know started unlocking the grids and we did our grand ritual in Stone Mountain, but he took he took it upon himself to continue to be the person that goes about and unlocks these mountains and these grids. You know what I mean? And he has gone to Ohio and Chicago and all these areas before us to unlock these grids. So when we come in there this weekend, we could do what we got to do. So this brother, what this brother has done is beautiful. 
You know what I'm saying? All I this know is, is this is one of our. All I know is the brother took us to the spots. You know what I mean? Where the rituals are to be done. The sacred, the sacred, the, just the sacred place. We did our rituals, and now look at Tennessee. Remember, we went to the Etowah Mount. We just showed up to the Etowah Mount. That's Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It rained a few days later and flooded that whole bitch. It could have it could have been anywhere else in the world. We went on Stone Mountain and was looking over the whole South. You know when Martin Luther King say, "And I have a dream. I've been to the top of the mountain and I've seen the paradise." He was talking about Stone Mountain. He's from Georgia, Atlanta. He lived right there. He was talking about Stone Mountain. If anybody's been on top of that mountain, they know what I'm talking about. You could see the whole, not Atlanta, you could damn near see the whole Georgia. Yep. You know what I mean? And it looks like a big to the end. You could see mad, mad mounds, mound to mound to mound. They had a whole mound civilization. Who are these people? You Word. know what I mean? It's not Tonto. Cut it out, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not Tonto putting no mounds up. Word. You feel me? That ain't Tonto putting the mounds on Marlin Avenue. Those were Moors. Word. So all of the proof is there, but like I said, even more important, the actual manifestation of, of, of the brothers in the here and now are here to put forth the work. You know what I'm saying? That brother's doing something that, that should not only be applauded, it can't even be rewarded. And monetary figures. We can't even pay that man for what he's doing. He's doing the work, the work of the ancestors. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, when, when we see this thing is, see this, yeah, we all have to activate. You know what I mean? It's just simple at the end of the day. If you are who okay. you say you are, you a superstar, you know that song? Activate. If you calling yourself Tahuti, you better do what Tahuti does. If you calling yourself Ampu, Ma'at, Ra, Heru, embody all that. Turn that on. Be that person. Right. Real talk. And this whole shit right. would go. You don't, you it don't would be good. Don't have to go to Kimmin to activate those principles that you were speaking of. Kimmin is right here, right in your backyard. Oh, word. You know go I mean? see Tut. Made it easy for you. Go see, yeah, go see Tut and do your ritual in front of all of them Tamahoos. You feel me? Go 300. I'm talking about break the numbers that we've ever seen at a lecture and go demonstrate and see Tut. You don't need nobody to set it up. Everybody go do that. Get the like, while the, the Europeans, they were so the Europeans were so a, a, a surprise to see me. First of all, the workers that were there, you know what I mean. The the, the melanated workers that were there, they was like, "Damn, finally!" You know what I'm saying? Finally, somebody's gonna come through with with enough swag because they knew when I came through the building, I just wasn't coming to see the shit. You know what I mean? I was actually coming to communicate with my ancestors. Yeah, you got me? the camera in and all that. I got the camera in, 
the Tamahoos was throwing blocks for me. You know what I'm saying? They they made it their business to make sure that I got that footage because they was looking at my ancestors and looking at my face like, yo, do you know that you look like them? I'm like, yeah, nigga, that's my phenotype. Them is my people. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not even stunting, just like, okay, you know, tell me something I don't know. But at the same time, you know, I want I want the family to experience that. I want the family to actually go there for themselves and just yep, see cause the work that their ancestors have left. Remember, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, this, the, this the, is Caucasians from Colorado was coming up in that biatch. Caucasians from the Netherlands is taking a trip to go see that. So I don't care where yeah, you live yeah, at. They there. They there with they, I don't care they where you children. You better get there. And a lot of them, a lot of them were taking, like I said, I found it very interesting that what they didn't know, they were actually axing their seeds. They were axing their babies, and their babies knew. Yep. You know what I mean? I don't know what type of school systems they come from, but they being taught some in the schools where they was telling them what the onk was, you know what I'm saying? I seen a few times who was in there that was actually breaking down hieroglyphs. Like, it was bugged, B. Like, they are very much into your culture and your ancestors. Yes. You know what I mean? 80% of our people are not. I give I it 20%. Nah, nah. I, I'll say 20% of our children know these things. You know, the parents have told them some stuff. But I'm going on a whim and saying that 80% have not. That number needs to change. It's not disheartening in the long right. It just needs to change. We're not going to cry over spilled milk. They don't know it, but it needs to change. Everything starts with the now. It ain't about, you know, getting all fucking hopeless and everything and losing faith in yourself because shit went wrong. All right, shit went wrong. Hold on. But we're telling you that shit JT, went good. You on the line? Yes, I'm on milk the line. for thousands of years. Did, did you contact the brother? Because I'm seeing a 770 in the um, call. Yeah, that's you. him. That should be him right there. All right, let me open up the line. Seven seven zero eight nine five. Peace, you and I rocking with the best. Yeah, peace, peace. This is Brother Yazoo. Jesse Newbank. Long brother, peace. Hold on, people. Get your umbrellas out. That is about to rain. Just the yeah. name alone is going to cause floods. Get your umbrellas out. Yeah, I'm umbrellas out. I'm just coming from the center of the of the Mayan library, which is the Chalambala. Oh. The Chalambala. And um Please. and the Cahokia. experience with us. Yeah, man, it it was real it um the ghetto shaman has set it up. And um I met the brothers, the warriors over there in East St. Louis, um, and went in. I mean I got I got mad footage on it. Um, I, I went in and seen nothing but just this the the glory, the, this this glorious um, ancient civilization that that um, that was once there, and it's waiting for us to come back because the ancestors yeah. really speaking through me, you know that day because I was jumping up and down, flipping and everything. I was just so excited because the energies were so powerful. Um, and it's, it, was, it was very interesting because uh, I did the Mayan mathematics 
on Cahokia, because Cahokia means, well, Ka is uh, C-A in the Mayan um, script means two, and Ho means to emerge, and Ki, well, we all know it's a universal energy, you know, is the key that comes from the earth, and uh, all right, the key... He is he is also the indigenous name that the Olmecs use, the X and the I. X and the I. That's right. Yeah. And um and um and I means the uh children. Children. So what yes. it is it, it's the children um are able to emerge and well the children emerging into the two. So if we look mm. at the duat and we look at the duality or the duat Emerging the children emerging into the duat, that was the force, and um, it was right there um, at the end of the retrograde. Um, me and the brothers was out there. It was real. It was um, it was uh, Ra was out. The, the sun was just hitting, just nice. And all of a sudden, after I got through filming, you know, just the mound part and the museum part, then all of a sudden. The waters just started to to come down. New just came out, you know, and uh, started to cleanse I us. And yeah, and I, I was just really feeling it. And it, I was like, man. I, I told him, y'all, Zoom is here. Power. I just came from Mississippi. I'm here now. <laughs> exactly. That guy's Zoom is here. What's again? Um, Capricorn. Okay. I'm the Beano. That's what I'm right. Yeah, that's Saturn right there. Right. Yasu Beano. Hey. The seagull. Mm hmm. And uh, that's what we were looking at. The um, I, I was the lord of the material. I was the gatekeeper, you know, opening up, doing the fatah, drumming up the energies so that um, the energies can actually surface on the ancient grids because, uh, you know, the mounds are ley lines. So the grid is connected. It's on the 90-degree connection with um, with uh, Tiwakan. And um, it's also on the um, Angel Mound. It's on the same grid as Angel Mound that's on South Indianapolis, and which is uh, which Angel Mound is on the Ohio River, which connects with the Mississippi River, um, which uh, the Cahokia Mound is off, and um, it, it just the the energy is just flowing through there, um, you know, um, all of the rivers and, and creeks and streams, they um, actually. Uh, they kind of flow into each one another, and they have a connection, and so they like veins of the earth. And so when we're picking up on these radio transmissions, we have to get up into our high places, those mounds, and, um, especially when you say mound, first thing you think about is breasts, you know, because that's what they are. They like breasts. And um, there's 120 of them out there in East St. Louis. And How many? Um, 120 of them. 120? Wow. 120 of them. Wow. And it's just like um, it's all over um, 
that's uh, over 13 square miles. And um, they all through St. Louis, East St. Louis, and um, there used to be terraces and um, terraces and platforms and pyramids and cone-shaped mounds in uh, the St. Louis area that was destroyed. That's across the river. And um, the, the name before they named it, before the Pope came in there and named it St. Louis, was called Moundsville. Wow. That's what St. Louis used to be called, Moundsville. So, and it's, hold on. it's we also got, we called. Got, okay. We got the Royal Ark on the phone. So you're talking about the same place where we can see the Ark at? That's St. Louis, no, right? Where they got that Ark that situated? The, Ark, the Royal Ark. The Ark. Right, right there. It's the gateway. Then the it's French the gateway. Wow. founded them. Say that again. Was it France that founded them? Yeah, well, yeah, France by way of the Pope, because if you look at St. Louis, St. Louis was the mulatto moor. Yeah. You know, that was, um, that's his corporation. You know, and uh, and he came representing the Pope and setting up cathedrals and um, um, which the actual, the, um, the the monk mound they call it the monk mound because it was named after the Trappist monks. Um, this is during the 1800s. I mean, late in the 1800s. And so the Trappist monks, they got the the way the storyline goes. They got they uh, was in France and um, they was invoking the wrong type of energies over there. And um, and so the Pope actually uh, sent them to do some divining. They got in trouble, and uh, the Pope had sent them to do divining for St. Louis over in the um, in that area, and um, they had they went there, and they set up a, a railroad and all kind of stuff, and set up a monastery on top of the Monk Mound. You know, um, wow. they held all of the East St. Louis, uh, what is now called East St. Louis, which it was the territory of the Eloquy people, or the Eli people, and and the Shawnee people, and the Eloquy people. Um, well, you know, when you say Eli, Eli means one, or the one, the Eloquy, the uh, one spirit people. You know, um, which were the warriors that was over there, and uh, those people um, are now still living there. You know, they still living. Um, two of the brothers that was with me, they had the ancient mathematics of that area, and um, you know, uh, people like Jackie Joyner, which was uh, one of the fastest runners, female runners out there, women runners, uh, and she was very, very uh, fast, and uh, she was up on that energy. A lot of people. Um, the Empress, you know, um, uh, Golston, um, Vertice Bay, uh, mm-hmm. she, um, uh, she came up, you know, in East St. Louis, you yeah. know. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, now, uh, uh, he has, he has a, a history brother in the chat room, a brother in the chat room asks, what is so remarkable about a mound? Okay. What is, yeah, one of the things I said, when we talk about the mounds, we're speaking about the earth. But when you talk about a, a woman 
And what is so remarkable about your woman's breasts, you know? Those mounds. They're mounds. And so, you know, just like the prophet said, you know, you give suck, you know, our nations to give suck on those breasts, you know, and um, and uh, both have the, the earth and the woman, they share the same characteristics. And so... And I, um, I, not just the mounds in terms of the breast, but we talk about the mons pubis, um, which is right on top, you know, of the clitoris. Um, that's that mound structure that's on your woman in the lower section mm-hmm. of her body, you know, where, where the womb and the uterus are where the onk lies at, you know. Um, right. And then if you look into Kemet, then we're talking about the mound in which um, a saw appeared upon, a patar appeared upon when the mound emerged from noon. So these mm-hmm. mounds are, are so. particular structures on the on on our earth that are aligned with the stars that keep these tectonic plates, you know, in, in a rhythmic movement. So it's not in chaos. Yes, you know. Yes, these full of mounds. The brother also commented. You know, the brother, a brother in the chat also commented that when she's pregnant, we are also looking at a mound. The mound. Okay? Exactly. That's what now, I was about to these, say. That. Exactly. These mounds. Yes. And, and somebody asked as well in the chat room, and I'm, I'm very pleased with the questions that are coming out of the chat room. I must mm-hmm. say thank you, brothers. Thank you, sisters. Uh, the, the mounds are built on particular grid points and grid lines of the earth. Ley line. This is where the energy, yeah, the ley line, where the, the energy coalesces at, where two ley lines mm-hmm. come together. This is where pyramid structures were built. Like I said, it's imperative that we catch the pyramid code. The pyramid you know, code. Yeah, they talked about that heavy in there. And the pyramid code. And they showed it's on YouTube, visual, too. Visualization. Yes, okay. It's so on YouTube, the whole theory. Right, yes. Right. And um, I, I, like, I like the fact that everybody, you know, when, as you're coming into this awakening, um, one of the things that we have to do is to um, know that your body is a mound. It is a mound, and that um, um, we are to activate the body. Once you activate the body, then we can activate these sacred places. Oh, gotcha. And um, yeah. once those, and everywhere a part of this earth is a sacred place. I, I don't leave one part of the earth. Yeah, I don't leave one of these parts, one part of the earth open, you know, and not sacred, you know, so I don't, where, who, wherever you are, you know, um, whether you're in New York, whether you're in Philly, whether you're in Atlanta, wherever you are, activate those places that are near you, you know. Um, yes, activate them. It's all about yeah, activation act- at this particular time. Yeah, I'm, I'm navigating in, too, turn so. Turn places <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. Um, Time, I wanted brother. to go in a little bit. I wanted also to go in a little bit about, um, you know, how St. Louis called Moundsville and um, uh, and uh, how important uh, uh. that area is. Uh, what we're going to yeah. do, we're going to save that for Friday's show, right? Because okay. what we're going to okay. do is we're going to conduct Friday's show from the D. You know what I mean? We're going to find out where some Mounds is at in Detroit or surrounding areas, and we're going to do that in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to pull oh, you man. on to Detroit. We'll do a full show on Miles. We'll bring the Ghetto Shaman in. You know what I mean? We're going to do some research for the people because 
it definitely seems to be an area of interest based on the questions that are coming out of the, um, the chat room. And I don't want anyone to not be on the same page of when we're talking about the importance of these mounds as signatures that will lead us back to our ancestry so we can get off of this myth that we wasn't here putting in work on this particular landmass before and after what is known as quote-unquote slavery. But we do have tonight's guests uh, calling in at this particular time. So with no further ado, I want to open the lines up and bring the brother on. I also want to leave you brothers on the phone as well. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to mute nobody's phone. If you want to take it upon yourself to mute your jack, that's on you. All right? So with no further ado, I want to open up line 646-238. Peace. Peace to caller, calling from 646-238. Oh, no, nah, this is me. Peace to the family, uh, Dr. Redfield. <laughs> Peace. Nah, you got to check the other line. Check the other number. All right, I'm going to check this other line, calling from 347-273. Peace. At his cost. Peace. Can you hear me, Peace, brother? Yes, sir. Peace. Yes. Okay. Good. How you doing, brother Curtis? Yes, indeed. Great. Great. Right. Let's listen to your show. It's really show, fantastic. Peace. Absolutely. We have been awaiting your wisdom. Now that you're in the building, with no further ado, let's get into it. Okay. Please preference to the people uh, who you are the information that you represent and where they can find more of this information and we can get right into it. Sure. My name is uh, Curtis Cost. I'm the author of the book, Vaccines Are Dangerous, a Warning to the Global Community, second edition. The first edition of my book came out back in 1992 when it caused a stir. And uh, many of the things that I talked about then uh, and some of the predictions I made, such as the outbreak of autism, has come to pass. Now people are talking about autism all the time, and the, the whole issue of the dangers of vaccines is now more and more being discussed in the general media and, and, and in the general public. Um, but it's still scratching the surface because a lot of people still don't know a lot about the real dangers and problems with these vaccines. Um, the main thing I want to focus in on tonight, though, is one uh, aspect of my book, which deals with uh, HIV and AIDS. Um, and I spent right. a number of years researching this topic. Uh, I was first alerted to it by uh, Reverend Philip Valentine, uh, and I was at his home, and we spent hours going back and forth because I thought at that time that I knew something about HIV and AIDS because I had written another book um, just had come out at that time, uh, What is Safe Sex and Age of AIDS, and I was thoroughly referenced and everything. But um, Ron Valentine convinced me that the powers that be, they lie much deeper than I had anticipated. And his, my conversation with him led me into an odyssey of in-depth research on the topic of, age, of HIV and AIDS. And I've just been stunned uh, by the fact that this whole thing is a hoax, it's a fraud, it's a scam. Uh, there is no HIV out there, and uh, the real threat are the drugs they're trying to give people. And that's what we're going to go into tonight. Yes. Um, yeah. And my website, so people can contact me uh, or order the book or DVDs or anything, is www.vaccinesardangerous.com. www.vaccinesardangerous.com. 
Yes, indeed. Okay. Okay. The floor is wide open. Let's get okay. right into it, bro. Okay. Well, why do I say that there is no um, HIV? Well, to begin with, uh, before scientists can conclude that the reason why people are sick from certain for certain from certain symptoms, they uh, and especially if they believe that a virus is the cause, they have to first isolate the virus. Now, uh, are you there? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, yeah the, they first have to isolate uh, the virus. Isolation simply means separating it from everything else. So, for example, if I gave you a solution of milk and alcohol and I asked you to describe the properties of just the alcohol, well, the first thing you have to do is separate the alcohol from the milk. That's what isolation is, is all about. Or the more technical term is obtaining a purified sample. That critical step has never been done to this day. No one has succeeded in isolating any HIV virus. And the person who has been accredited with discovering HIV, uh, French scientist Luc Montier, who's also a Nobel Prize winner, he's come out and publicly admitted that he did not obtain a purified sample of HIV. In fact, in a video uh, clip that's uh, on, online now on YouTube from a vi uh, DVD called um, House of Numbers, um, he goes even further in saying that uh, uh, HIV is not a death sentence, uh, people can recover, it's all about keeping the immune system strong, uh, the drugs and, uh, that they're trying to give people are worthless. He actually came out and said this. This is the father of the whole HIV AIDS thing. It's now on YouTube, and you can go look it up. Um, and he, he said this. So we know HIV has not been isolated. There have been some other attempts, and each time that they've attempted to isolate it, uh, they just fell short. Um, uh, what, what they usually come up with is nothing more than cellular debris. And in fact, um, take it a step further, I can tell you this whole notion of viruses being the cause of anything, it's also a hoax. Anybody's taking the time to study viruses and know that viruses do not fit any of the criteria of life. A virus does not have a digestive system, that is, it can't eat. It has no mechanism for taking in nutrients, like a plant can take in sunlight, water, things of that nature. A virus does not take in any nutrients. A virus um, does not produce any waste products. So even a plant produces oxygen as a waste product. Uh, a virus has no mechanism for motion. Hello? Yeah, yes. Yes. Oh, okay. You can stop me because I can just keep going. So any place you want to stop, so asking questions, feel free. Keep going, brother. Okay. Brother. A, a virus cannot move. It has no central nervous system, no mechanism for motion. So how can something that can't consume anything, does not produce any waste product, and is unable to move, how can it magically get inside your cells, which is a thousand times larger and far more complex and has its own defensive mechanisms, how can it get inside of a cell and command your cell to reproduce more of its own kind? It's ludicrous. It's madness. But because most people don't have an electron microscope in their home, have no idea of anything about viruses, they just accept what the medical establishment has been telling them. Um, one thing that I start to, to do when I give lectures is I uh, would normally pick somebody out of the audience and hold up a key and ask that person that if I told them that this key was capable of getting into their cells and reproducing more keys, would they believe me? Of course, they would say no, and I then ask, well, why? Well, they said, well, it's a key. It's dead. Yes, that's true. More importantly, you're familiar with what a key is. 
there's no question in anybody's mind that a key cannot get into your cell and produce more of its own kind. Why? Because it's dead. And you know it's dead because you're very familiar with the key. Most people are not familiar with viruses. And so we pretty much accept what the medical establishment tells us. But a virus is no more alive than a key. And so we know dead things don't uh, come alive. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, in fact, this is not even controversial when you look at it because the medical establishment will, will tell you in most of the general literature that viruses are dead outside of the body. I mean, they don't keep mm -hmm. that part of a secret. But they then say, well, it comes alive inside of the body once it gets into a cell. How does it do that? Who knows of dead things that just come to life? Um, so that's another aspect of it. That gets it deeper. Basically, the me medical establishment has created a multi-trillion dollar industry around this fake notion of viruses. Um, any of the holistic practitioners out there, uh, none of them focus in on killing a virus. They focus in on building up a person's immune system. So mm -hmm. through proper uh, nutrients, or eating the right foods, detoxing, plenty of rest, doing those things that keeps the immune system strong and builds it up. They don't focus in on killing uh, microscopic organisms called a virus. So that's a whole other uh, issue, but I started to throw that out there. But with regards to HIV, it has not been isolated. What they've come up with is nothing more than dead. In fact, what they're calling viruses are really nothing more than dead cellular, cellular material, which is why they can't look inside of a microscope and pick out a virus from anything else. From dead cell material, that's because they're identical. Nothing, no distinguishing them by looking at them. Uh, for example, if you were to take a black and white photograph of a bowl of chicken noodle soup, I mean, trying to pick a virus out of, or, or a new type of chicken noodle out of there would be impossible. <laughs> so that's basically what, what what they're trying to do. So that's why it goes beyond just taking a picture. They have to actually prove that it's a virus, or that means they have to try and grow it. Uh, and then they have to try and show that it's the one and only cause of particular symptoms. Uh, so aside from that, uh, there was a, a team of scientists, panel scientists, that President Becky, former President Becky of South Africa, had called together um, back in 2000, I believe it was. And that panel of distinguished scientists, including Peter Duisburg, reaffirmed that no HIV virus had ever been isolated. Okay, so... And that was just that was as recent as the year 2000. All this I'm telling you is documented. The references are in my book, Vaccines Are Dangerous. So no HIV virus has ever been isolated. And because of that, it means everything else with regards to HIV falls apart. It means that the HIV tests are completely worthless because uh, there's no way to measure the accuracy of a test if you don't have the thing that's, iso that's isolated mm -hmm. to isolated. test it against. Right, so I can't say that my test is 90% accurate for HIV or 80% accurate or 70% accurate unless I have samples of HIV that I can measure my test against. It's in, uh, the term to describe that means is that there's no gold standard. So the gold standard would be the actual virus. None of these HIV tests have a gold standard that is actual HIV. So all these tests, are, all they do is look for chemical reactions. Chemical reactions that they're claiming they believe might have some relationship to HIV, that you may actually have been exposed to it at some point in time. And if you listen very carefully to what doctors say, they don't say that you have active infection of HIV. At least they certainly won't put it in writing. What they will say is you're HIV positive. Well, there's a world of difference between being HIV positive and actually having HIV. Now, mm -hmm. why do I say that? 
Well, one, there's about 70 different things that can trigger a positive response on the HIV test. And I have that, uh, a chart listing them and all the references in my book. Um, for example, uh, vaccines. Uh, you can take a flu shot, and that flu shot is enough to cause, if you take a test shortly thereafter, to cause you to test positive, even though you don't have any HIV, but just the fact that the flu, that you took that flu shot, or hepatitis B shot, or a multitude of other drugs that you can, you can be taking that can trigger a positive response. Or if you have malaria, leprosy, or a whole list of other conditions, uh, that could trigger a, a positive response on the HIV test, or what's called false positives. Um, even pregnancy. If a woman's pregnant or recently pregnant, uh, that's enough to alter her body chemistry enough to cause a false positive uh, result on the HIV test. So there's a multitude of things that can cause someone to test positive, even though it has nothing to, they have nothing to do with HIV. Um, taking a step further, I mean, the real proof uh, of, of the worthlessness of these HIV tests, and I'm talking about all of them, the Elijah, Western Block, PCR tests, is the fact that none of the manufacturers of these tests issue any type of guarantee with regards to the accuracy of their tests. Now, they know that their tests are worthless because they don't have any gold standard to measure their tests against. So they know it's worthless. And in the package inserts, they specifically state that their tests should not be used for diagnosis of HIV or AIDS. Rather, you should, this should be a part of a, of a collection of, of other variables, other tests, and the doctor's own subjective uh, uh, analysis. So basically, they're putting the blame on somebody else. So they say, don't, don't rely on my test. Take it and pay me, but don't rely on my test to make a diagnosis of HIV. Rely on somebody else's test. Well, the thing is, everybody else's test, they do the same thing. All the tests do the same thing. No guarantees. I mean, to put it in, more, in simpler terms, if you go into a car dealership to buy a brand new car, would you buy that car if the manufacturer doesn't guarantee that it's going to even work when you drive, try and drive it out? Well, obviously not. That's what they're asking us to do with these HIV tests. They want us to take tests that they don't guarantee and they can't guarantee because they'll be sued. Uh, and we're walking away thinking that these tests mean something when, in fact, they don't. I mean, I know I'm saying a lot, so maybe I should pause and let you ask some questions or something before going on. I may be talking too fast, so if I am, tell me to slow down. No, no, never, never talking too fast. You are, <laughs> you are downloading, you know, Priceless information at this point. Okay. Thank you. My one of my one of my main questions will be: What is ravaging the continent of Africa right now? Sure. Um, on the continent of Africa, a, a multitude of things are going on over there. Um, since we know HIV is not the cause of this, uh, and no, no, whenever they, they put a, a cause of something and they put the blame on a, on a virus. Immediately mm -hmm. start looking for something else. Start looking for some chemical uh, uh, contaminants, some drugs. Uh, you look mm -hmm. for other things. Um, in Africa, the main thing that, 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 that's a problem over there is you have many sections that are suffering from extreme poverty. Uh, when you have situations of extreme poverty and extreme malnutrition, well, that's always yeah. a breeding ground for disease. Uh, you know, unsanitary water, unsanitary conditions. And what they're doing over there is 
people who are sick for reasons of malnutrition, unsanitary conditions, they're just labeling them uh, as having AIDS. Yeah. They are not. They are not going over and testing all those tens of millions of people who they claim to have HIV. That is just not the case. And you know, I, again, I have all the, the references in my book. Um, they're not testing those people. And in the few cases when they do test them, they're using the uh, typically the ELISA test. Now, even in the United States, they don't uh, define somebody as being HIV positive based on a single test. So typically we'll have you take at least two tests, maybe Elijah and Western Block or PCR, something like that. Um, but in Africa, the, the very tiny percentage you are given a test are given one test, and the diagnosis is made based on that. Um, it's all bogus. The big numbers that they're talking about, the tens of millions, those are all estimates. Those are not real numbers of people who've uh, been confirmed to have uh, uh, AIDS. Um, I was just watching uh, a video clip um, from Africa. This uh, doctor who hit this. Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was this African doctor working at this clinic? He came out and spoke to the uh, uh, these people doing this documentary, and he stated very frankly that he could not understand why the World Health Organization defined tuberculosis, for example, as indicative AIDS. So over there, they don't they don't test you if you if you have fever, uh, diarrhea for any length of time, automatically you define as having AIDS, which is ludicrous because those are the same symptoms of uh, uh, I don't know, tuberculosis, malaria, and a lot of other things mm -hmm. can cause you to have diarrhea and fever for a long period of time. Nothing to do with AIDS. But he said, look, there's no clinical distinction between TB and AIDS-related TB. I mean, the, the symptoms are identical. Um, and it's just it's just ludicrous. So basically, they are labeling uh, a, a large number of our people in Africa as having AIDS. Now, why would they do something like that? Because two things takes place when they place that label on someone. One, for example, with regards to TB, um, instead of resources being devoted towards the proper medication and treatment, which is established for TB, that's being uh, diminished, and instead they're put on these AIDS drugs. And I'll talk about that in more detail shortly. But in short, the AIDS drugs are deadly. They're poison. Mm -hmm. um, and so they are using this label of AIDS to justify really poisoning people. And poisoning mm -hmm. with, stuff, with these drugs is injected into their bodies or taken in pills. And, uh, you know, it's equivalent to... It reminds me of Nazi uh, Germany, where, where the Jews were told they were going into uh, showers, and you know mm -hmm. they get into the showers, and you know you know what, what happened with the gassing and everything. Here we're being told, oh, you have AIDS, but we're going to take care of you. We've got medicines that's going to help you. And you know these people, they don't know, and they're not questioning. And you know they think anything that mm -hmm. comes from the great United States or, or the Western they, civilization. They, they uh, uh, oh, that was Sean Yeah, that's another thing. I can get into that uh, shortly. Uh, he's a disgrace uh, in, in my book uh, for what he's been doing. But aside from that, um, uh, no, bring, take, bring a white doctor over there, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, some gold rim glasses and a white jacket. And, and, and if he has a, she has a, a smile on their face, forget it. The brothers and sisters over there can't wait to roll up their arms and take whatever medication that they want to give them. I think the same thing is true over here. I mean, even though we talk about racism and all the things they've done, deep down, a lot of us are still suffering from this, uh, uh, I don't know, ramifications of slavery, where instead of 
uh, having lack of trust in, in your former slave masters, we, we trust them and love them to death. Uh, you yeah. know, and it's unfortunate, but, but we roll up our sleeves and, you know, we don't question anything and, you know, and this is the end result. I mean, the Tuskegee syphilis experiment didn't teach us uh, a lesson. Um, so we are, our brothers and sisters on the continent are like sheep vulnerable sheep uh, being led to slaughter, and it saddens me. And I tell you, as I was uh, writing this book, because I've known this information for quite a while, um, and I thought about writing a book on, on just HIV and AIDS, and, and I thought about writing a book on the medical establishment, and I just didn't have time to do all those things, plus all the other things I was doing. So my book is really a compilation of several books all in one, several books I planned on writing all in one. So, and uh, I did it in such a way that uh, I meant the language very simple, very easy to read. I mean, a high school dropout can read my book and understand it. And also for the more serious mind, the more scholarly mind, it has tons of references. And I did it this way because one of the, the things that the medical establishment and the powers to be accounting on is that we're going to remain too intimidated to read anything of a medical nature. They're counting on that because anybody who reads their medical literature Everything falls apart. I, I mean, it's, I mean, the research that I've been doing, it was stunning. As I went through the statistics and the facts, like, how in the world could they get away with this? Uh, and, but then, you know, I have to catch myself and remind myself that I'm devoting thousands of hours to digging through all this stuff, and now it's all crystal clear to me. But, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to spend that kind of time. So I, I did it for everybody. I made it simple and clear. Uh, so everybody can read it uh, and, and understand this material because it's critical. Um, I tell you, one of the things that, that uh, really uh, upsets me the most out of all the horrible things that they're doing is uh, with regards to pregnant women, uh, especially in Africa and in the U.S. and, and other uh, uh, so-called third world nations. Um, they are telling these women that they're HIV positive with these phony tests, and then they're giving them drugs like AZT. Now, AZT was originally a chemotherapy treatment, um, but it was so dangerous, so deadly, that in 1964 they discontinued use of it. Then when um, this HIV-AIDS thing uh, came about, they um, falsified some studies, and the, the, the information is in my book, uh, to create the impression that the drug was somehow effective against uh, HIV. And uh, so they put this very deadly drug on them. And we all know how deadly chemotherapy is. So if you have a drug that's a chemotherapy treatment and it's too deadly to be used as a chemotherapy treatment, you know the stuff is highly toxic. Um, I mean, it destroys the bone marrow in your, in your body. Now, why in the world would anybody uh, put something in their body that destroys the bone marrow? And, you know, it basically destroys everything. It destroys the whole uh, the whole DNA structure. It, it's it's horrible. It um it causes anemia and it causes the redistribution of, of body fat. Um so uh resulting in, in a phenomenon called buffalo humps. It's it's very, very toxic concoction, A Z T and all of them are the protease inhibitors and the, the uh, DDI and all the other stuff that they're dealing with. Now, you take this nightmarish uh concoction and you want you are, you want to give this? You are giving this to pregnant women. 
I mean, it's mind-boggling. You know, when a woman is pregnant, I mean, they try to caution against taking aspirin, anything, because you don't want to upset the body chemistry. And they're going to take this highly deadly drug. Uh, you, you take the, the, the best boxer, wrestler, athlete out there, and you give them AZT long enough, they're going to die. They're going to shrivel up, develop cancer, and they're going to die. And they're giving this to pregnant women, and they're targeting our sisters on the motherland and over here. Uh, you know, it's in the black community. Uh, more so than any other community, you see all these posters in our community about going to get tested, going and, you know, take this drug and that drug. And, you know, of course, we've got Magic Johnson's face all over the place. Now, I can tell you, if, if uh, he's been taking uh, these drugs, Combivir and, and things like he claims, and if you look at the side effects of these drugs, uh, there's no way uh, I, I have troubles uh, believing that he can be in the level of health as he's in taking those drugs given the side effects. Uh, I mean, if it, if it is true, and he, if he is taking these drugs and he's in his level of health, then I, I, I will have to start believing even stronger in miracles. Because he was, uh, he was cured holistically a long time look, ago. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. That's, I, not I met, That's not true. Just like the sister Maria Davis, okay? Maria yeah. Davis was a patient of my mother's and Dr. Sabies. My mother brought her back to life when she was improperly diagnosed with HIV. And like you said, they hit him with them drugs, and them drugs would turn them, quote, unquote, sick. My mother brought her back to life. Her scalp was purple. Her hair was falling out. She was dying. Right, right. Her yep. cells were dying. My mother brought her back to life. The medical establishment stepped her and cut her a check. And she's up there doing commercials for the medical establishment when she knows better because she was cured, or should I say, herbs were administered to her body to help rehabilitate and regenerate her cells to fight off the toxicity of the, um, of the, the, the AZTs and all of other concoctions that they dropped into her. All right? So these people are not taking them drugs. They they are taking checks. Yes. Okay, so they yes. Can quiet. They are not on them cocktails. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, uh, if he was taking them, you know, these things cause buffalo humps. Anybody see any buffalo humps on Magic Johnson? Uh, you know, I, I it's uh, it's a disgrace. Uh, I would love to see him get on a, on a witness stand and put his hand on a Bible and testify that he's taking all these drugs. Because he's, uh, you know, his face with it, that big smile on his face is all over our community, pushing these drugs and leading our people to their death. Sure. Uh, and, you know, and, and I could, I could even uh, cut him a tiny bit of slack if he was some brother, you know, at his wits end, no money, you know, struggling, and you know, he just out of desperation did something that was just a bad decision. He's not. He's rich. He has enough but money brother, to last the rest of his life. So why is he doing this? I know, but brother, wouldn't the logistic question be why is Magic Johnson and Rock Hudson the only so the only celebrities that we know in our in this generation, the generation before, and the baby generation that ever died of AIDS? You remember, nobody else came down with this so-called um, epidemic, this plague. Well, no, there's different other uh, uh, celebrities. I mean, it's a few. Figures. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it's a few, but never the amount that would that, that would be logically, you know what I mean? Like, logics would tell you, look, a lot of people in Hollywood are dealing with all kind of, uh, you know, sexual practices and 
needle popping and all, all you know all the things that uh, all of these alleged AIDS victims have. But nobody ever since Magic Johnson of a high status like that has come down with uh, AIDS. Well, I can't really comment on that. I mean, I know that there's been a few. I really haven't tracked the, the number of, of celebrities that, that have come down. I, that's just not something I, I really focus in on. But you may be right. You may you may be uh, right, and that might be something that that's also might be interesting. But uh, first, I, I, th- I think also worth pointing out is that there is no new disease out there called AIDS. Uh, uh, I'll repeat, AIDS is not a new disease. Um what what AIDS is, it's an umbrella term, and it basically refers to like 29 different diseases that are, have been around for a long time, that are well-established, known causes uh, and, and treatment regimens, um, like tuberculosis or pneumonia or, or, or Kaposi's sarcoma skin cancer. None of these are new. These are all old diseases. What they did was they simply took old diseases and labeled them all under the heading of AIDS. I mean, it's laughable. I mean, if I were wow. to give you an analogy, um, let's say uh, one person um, goes to a bar, when I call him Hector, he goes to a bar and uh, he drinks too much and the next day he has a hangover. And uh, a woman, uh, Sally, she falls down the stairs and uh, she breaks her leg. And then uh, I come along and I say, oh, uh, Hector and Sally, both of you got AIDS. Uh, now, that would be laughable. Why? Because, well, we know the cause of Hector's hangover. He drank too much. Uh, and we know what the treatment regimen is. I mean, he needs to get some sleep and possibly take some aspirin. We know the cause of Sally's uh, injury of her broken leg while she fell down the stairs. And we know the necessary treatment regimen. I mean, she needs to have her foot placed in a cast. Same thing with AIDS. Um, tuberculosis, we know that, uh, well, they claim to know. I mean, I don't trust anything they say unless it's confirmed by some holistic practitioners. But they claim to know some of the causes of uh, tuberculosis. Uh, and they have established treatment regimens. Uh, same thing with pneumonia and all the other different diseases that's listed under AIDS. It is a, a, a con job of monumental proportions. It's no different than the, uh, the the brothers on the street with the uh, three-card Monty uh, scam. I, I mean, it's just shuffling cards around, playing games, illusions. It's it's bogus. And uh, my coming into accepting this was not something that was done overnight. I mean, this is something I've been looking into, uh, I don't know, over 15 years. Um and countless articles and books and, and, and you know, going to seminars and all kinds of things. And the information's out there. I mean, this whole HIV AIDS thing is a hoax. And there are tons of doctors and scientists who've been denouncing this as a hoax. Peter Duesberg, for one, uh, one of the world's leading virologists, among countless others. There's a gazillion books out there uh, talking about HIV being a hoax. A gazillion articles have been written, a gazillion websites out there thing is, we in the uh, African-American and African community, we are not tapping into this information because uh, almost all of our leaders are siding with the wrong side. They're giving us the wrong information. You've got athletes telling us to go take a stupid test. You've got black clergy, many of them banding together behind this, uh, telling us to go take the test, to go take the drugs, and, you know, 
uh, know your status, it's empowering. It's nothing empowering about being told that you're, you're going to die because you've got a deadly incurable disease. Uh, you know, you got, uh, you know, politicians uh, out there uh, telling us to uh, go take these tests and uh, fighting for more funding to get more testing done in our communities. They are in league in a conspiracy against us. I'm not saying that they know, all of them know, that they are doing the wrong thing, but I'm saying that they, nonetheless, the actions is going to have the exact same effect. Whether they're fully aware of the implications of what they're advocating or not, the end result is going to be the same. More and more black folks are going to go and take those stupid HIV tests. A uh, number of them are going to end up positive, and then they're going to be placed on those drugs, and they're going to slowly die a horrible death. And uh, when we're doing that process of them dying, the medical establishment is going to be making tons of money. Uh, that is, and you know, I find it very disappointing that all of those who are supposed to be leaders in the black community uh, have not taken the time to actively research not just the pros, but the cons on, with regards to the subject, those who oppose the HIV AIDS hypothesis. Uh, and I know some of them know because I've put my book in their hands, I've sent uh, letters to some of them. Uh, I mean, I know some of them know. But even if they didn't know, uh, if I'm going to take a position of leadership and I'm going to be giving advice uh, to my people, it's, it's my responsibility, especially if it's something of a medical nature, to look at both sides of the argument before making a recommendation. If my heart is in the right place and I'm trying to do the right thing, unfortunately, that's not taking place, uh, you know. And so it's a very sad, very disturbing situation that we must uh, oppose. I mean, we must – I think this is probably the, one of the greatest threats to our people, the vaccine issue and the HIV-AIDS issue, because increasingly we're being uh, told to take these vaccines, which are deadly in themselves. We'll talk about that, I guess, later. And uh, increasingly being told to take these HIV tests. And because these tests are so worthless, more and more are going to be uh, told that they're positive. They're going to want them to take the test again and again and again to know their status. And, you know, they're leading us to the, uh, to, to, to the showers uh, with really gas chambers. That is what is taking place. Right. Now, give me one second so I can inform the family. We have 10 minutes left on the live stream. If you want to continue this conversation, please call us at 347-637-2135. That is 347-637-2135 to join us on the feed. Red Pillar, you in the chat room? Nah. All right, I need you to come in. I need to um, pass you some information just in case my phone blinks out. I might need you to log in. So shoot me some info so I can get you this info. Nah, I don't have a, um, a connection where I'm at. Uh, you don't got a connection? It'll just be a short one. Nope. Uh, all right, so we have to ride this out. All right, um, Brother Cross, Brother Curtis, uh, yes. can you get to vaccines? Because we have a lot of listeners on the line, in particular a lot of mothers. Right. And it is, it is a great interest to us that we inform them and fortify them with uh, a system of information that they can use to battle off these, quote, unquote, doctors in these schools that are telling them, the vaccines are imperative. 
Right. Uh, the vaccines is another scam, uh, complete and total scam. The uh, vaccines do not protect you against anything. The majority of the people who uh, come down with some of these diseases uh, get them from the uh, uh, from the vaccines. It's been estimated. I mean, not estimated. It's been published in medical journals. Like 60, 70 percent of the people who get measles get it from the measles vaccine. Ninety percent of the people who get polio get it from the polio vaccine. And the list goes on and on and on. You have a greater chance of coming down with these diseases uh, in a more serious form if you take the vaccine than if you don't. Also, the whole notion that vaccines save the world, nothing can be further from the truth. I uh, have a chapter in my book entitled um, Exaggerated Diseases and, and then also a chapter uh, entitled Charts in which I show, using the medical establishment's own statistics from sources like a mobility mortality weekly published by the Center for Disease Control. These diseases uh, were declining steadily before the vaccines came on the market. In most cases, um, the measles vaccine, I mean, the, uh, the incidence of measles, for example, had declined as much as 98 percent before the measles rubella vaccine came on the market. Can you imagine 98 percent decline? That's mm-hmm. humongous. And this was before the vaccine. And the fact that it continued to go down after the vaccine came to market, that's what they always focus in on. They'll show you charts and statistics from the time the vaccine came on the market, but what they don't show you is all the, uh, the, the, the incidents of, of the disease declining going back to 1938 before the vaccine came on the market. And, so, and you know, in other cases, you find these diseases are extremely minor, uh, like tetanus, for example. At its height in uh, in, in the uh, 50s, I think it's 47, 48, 50, something like that. At, well, anyway, at its height, it only affected about 600 people in all of the U.S. 600, that's it. Uh, and most people get tetanus and most of these other diseases, they fully recover. The medical establishment makes you uh, have the impression, oh, well, if you get measles or if you get tetanus, oh, it's a horrible disease and you're going to be crippled for life, you're going to die. Nothing can be further from the truth. Uh, the vast majority of people who get any of these diseases, they may have a little fever, rash, some muscle pain, uh, you know, a week or two. But in vast majority of the cases, they fully recover. Less than a small fraction of 1% might have some long-term uh, uh, a reaction to, to a particular disease. And those individuals tend to be the ones who have weak immune systems. And typically it would be among the elderly, sick elderly people. Uh, in some cases, very small children whose immune systems are weak because of malnutrition or other problems. So first thing I want to emphasize is these diseases are minor. They're not serious diseases. Uh, on top of that, the vaccines, you have a greater chance of having severe side effects from the vaccine. Uh, well, I'm talking about side effects yet. Just coming down with the same disease you're supposed to be protected against, you have a greater chance of coming down with them than if you don't take the vaccine. Now, in terms of side effects, uh, that's a whole other witch's brew. Uh, I mean, these vaccines have been linked to uh, uh, autism. In fact, I shouldn't just say linked. I mean, I have a chapter in my book on autism. Vaccines definitely cause autism. The uh, the mercury that they place in the vaccines, there's no question at all that they, uh, it caused it. All you got to do is look at the chart from 1991 forward, which in 1991 is when they increased the number of vaccines that children had to take, including hepatitis B, and all the booster shots. And if you look at the incident of autism, it skyrocketed from that point on. Also, if you look uh, at children who don't take vaccines, like the Amish and other groups, 
They don't have autism. Only the kids who are taking uh, the vaccines, uh, uh, especially exposed to mercury, those are the only ones coming out with uh, autism. So there's no question that the vaccines uh, cause the uh, autism uh, epidemic. Um, and, of course, uh, autism is just uh, one small subset of uh, a larger category of neurodevelopmental disorders, which include retardation and a host of other uh, problems. But, you know, we focus on autism, but autism is just a small part of a much bigger pie. Um, and a whole list of other symptoms and things, uh, cancer, uh, seizures, uh, it lists sudden infant death syndrome, uh, the list goes on and on and on. In fact, uh, here's a question I'll throw out to, to you. Uh, anybody ever wonder why when you go uh, into a hospital or clinic to get a vaccine, they always have you sit and wait for a little while after you get the shot? Anybody ever wonder why? Hmm. Any idea? Well, I bet. Uh, no. well they're waiting to see if you might drop dead. People have literally dropped dead right after being vaccinated. Others have gone into seizures and other things. So that's what they're making you wait for. Now, why in the world would anybody want to take something into their body that's so strong it could just kill you moments after taking it? Um, and then when you look at the ingredients in these vaccines, it's a nightmarish uh, witch's brew. Huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Monkey brain, monkey kidneys, uh, caterpillar eggs, uh, chicken embryos, uh, dog and horse blood, uh, kept pus from a cow, uh, and it goes on and on and on. And uh, mercury, the second most toxic substance on the planet, only thing more toxic, more dangerous than mercury is uranium. Uh, so why in the world would anybody think of taking the most the second most dangerous substance on the planet and giving it to little babies or giving it to anybody injecting it in their body. Uh, formaldehyde, which is used to bomb corpses and causes cancer. Uh, and the list goes on and on. Aluminum, uh, you know, it's just it's madness. And the thing is, nobody knows what a combination of all these things are going to do to the human body. I mean, uh, Dr. Sherry Timpenny, she estimated that a child that follows the um, recommended vaccine schedule and takes all their vaccines will have been exposed to like 100 different toxins. Now, how in the world can these kids survive? I'm surprised the death rate and disease rate isn't even higher. In fact, it probably is, but they're not, you know, uh, you know they, whoever controls the statistics controls the information. But it's nightmares. I mean, one of the things that I do in, in, in my lectures is um, I'll hold up a doll, and for each vaccine and each multiple vaccine, I would stick a pin in. So if a child has to, and I would read off the schedule uh, from the Center of Disease Control of recommended vaccines. So every time they recommend MMWR, I'll stick in uh, three needles, and uh, every time they recommend DBT, I stick in three. And plus, each vaccine has its schedule for booster shots. And so I stick in needles for all of those. By the time I'm done, the, the, the doll looks like a pincushion. And people are aghast because that image drives home the, the point, I think, uh, strongly. What they're doing, I mean, they are saturating our babies with, with poison. Uh, poison on top of poison on top of poison. And there's nothing nutritious inside of a vaccine. There's no vitamin D, no vitamin C, no nothing. Everything inside of a vaccine is a poison. 
and they're not even talking about the worst stuff, which is the genetically engineered stuff. Because, uh, you know, when you take uh, a naturally occurring organism and you play around with this genetic structure and you stick that in the human body, they don't know what the long-term uh, effects are going to be. Uh, and they don't care. Um, they are mass poisoning the, the population. We hear about uh, population uh, reduction all the time. Well, there's no more efficient way to kill off uh, uh, poison large numbers of people than to have them voluntarily roll up their sleeves and you inject into them whatever you want to inject and they don't know what you're even giving them. Um, so, yeah, the mothers who are listening, I would say under no conditions should you take any vaccine or allow your child to take any vaccine, or at least not until you've done your own research and drawn your own conclusions. Basically, I'm raising issues and putting information out there for you to consider. So you do your research, you follow up, draw your own conclusions, but I personally would not recommend anyone taking any of these vaccines. And there are ways of getting out the vaccines, and I talk about that in my book. Um, for example, religious exemption. Um, most states recognize uh, the exempt religious exemption because, you know, they don't want to violate the church and state uh, boundaries. And so there are ways, of, but even those are being challenged. So I strongly recommend that people contact organizations, as I have listed in my book, that have experience in helping people get out of these vaccines legally. Because there is certain language, certain terminology that should be used and others that should not be used in dealing with this. So um, there are options, and uh, we need to exercise the, the few legal rights that we still have. Hmm. Yeah, I hope I didn't put anybody to sleep. I know I can get going. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at all. I, I want to be the first to say that we appreciate you, you know what I'm saying, Brother Curtis, for dedicating yourself to doing the research. It is of the most imperative nature that this particular research is brought forth um, with the passion that you're bringing it forth, you know what I'm saying, because it's obvious to us that you have done your research and you're able to stand on, on truth. You know what I mean, I can hear the conviction in your voice that you know what you're talking about. And furthermore, you know, you published your findings. So for those that would like to uh, either learn more about what you're saying or dispute what you're saying, you know what I'm saying, let them mm -hmm. do some research, let them publish their publications, let them bring it forth. And, uh, you know, if we are ever going to have another debate in the community, it, it should be... <clears throat> One where we're dealing with something of the most precious nature, which is this, which is, uh, you know, putting monkey brains in your child. Like, how, how ludicrous are we as a people where we're falling for this at this particular point? Because the boogeyman in the white coat says that it's necessary for you to do or, you know, your precious little snookums is going to get sick. I mean, that could be the furthest thing from the truth. It, 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 and not only that, I tell you, over the years since my uh, the first edition of my book came out, I've met a number of parents who read my book and uh, chose, after doing their own research, not to uh, vaccinate their child. And I've heard the exact same story in every single case, that their child who was not vaccinated was perfectly healthy, whereas all the neighbor's kids who were vaccinated had all kinds of ear infections, throat infections, eye problems, all kinds of things. Um, you know, I just this is what I've heard over over the years. Well, I also want to point out that I'm going to be speaking at uh, 
uh, King Brook Hospital uh, in Brooklyn on June 26th. Um, I'll be talking about uh, the whole HIV-A thing and going into a lot more detail. And I guess I'll touch on a little bit on, on, on the vaccine, but the main focus will be on the HIV-A issue. But that will be at the Kingsbrook Hospital June 26th. I believe it's around 12 noon, but, you know, they can uh, – they can. Uh, I'll go to my website. I'll have updates on that as well. And they can call King Simon and he ha- go to King Simon's website. He has the, the exact time, and I have that in front of me right now. But uh, that's June 26th. And, again, um, I know I guess we're wrapping up soon, but my website is www.vaccinesadangerous.com. That's www.vaccinesadangerous.com. Also, you can go on my website. Yeah, also on my – okay, what did you say? I say I say we're not wrapping it up. I want you oh, to okay, know. okay, good. Have a little bit of time. Uh, good. Going in, I actually am going to open up a phone line or two so we could get some questions in Great. before you before the phone line cuts off. But please do finish. Um, yeah, sure uh, on my know. website I have video clips, and you can also see some on YouTube of some of my lectures, and especially the Harlem AIDS Forum. Uh, that DVD is now available. Um, it's a five-hour event that I organized in 1998. We have like Reverend Valentine on Akiti Obiwadu, Dr. Roberto Giraldo, a whole list of doctors, scientists, researchers, all denouncing this whole HIV/AIDS thing. And you know, if you watch the video clips on my website, uh, after you watch, then you're going to know more than 90% of the people out there on the planet who know about uh, HIV and AIDS and the, and the controversy. So I encourage you to go watch the video. Order the DVD, order the book, and share the information because it's absolutely critical. Mm. All right. Peace. Peace. Hello? Yeah. Yes, hello? Yeah, yeah, KT calling. I just wanted to uh, make a little point real quick um, to elaborate off of what uh, Brother Cross was talking about earlier. Um, dealing with the pregnant mothers, uh, there, there's a movie um, that came out not too long ago, and it's called um, The Business of Being Born. Um, I'm not sure if any of you have heard of it. Um, if you can't get the actual DVD itself, uh, the whole movie is on YouTube. Um, you can watch it, and pretty much what it's doing is it's showing uh, 